Hey there. Welcome to Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivated individuals take advantage of the vast opportunities available in modern life while avoiding the pitfalls it simultaneously offers using a combination of old school wisdom and new breed tactics. I'm your host, Sim, and today we're going to be talking about monk mode. What is it? Why does it matter? And why you should care? And maybe you may even want to implement it into your life and integrate it into your stack of habits. Let's get started. So welcome everyone. I hope you're having a great day so far and I hope your week's been going well and you've been productive. And if you haven't been productive, today's topic is going to be talking about something you can add to your life or you can use for a short period of time to make yourself productive and to boost your productivity. And that thing is called quote unquote monk mode. And I know it sounds very weird. It may sound sort of uh, mystical monk when you're talking about monks, but it's nothing really out of the ordinary because, to be honest, in modern society, it is impossible, uh, pretty much impossible to be a monk and live a monk-like existence. That's what monasteries are for. But you can adopt a lot of practices that people who go into silence and contemplation use, and that's what the topic is going to be about, adopting these practices, and exactly why um, some of these may be useful to you in your situation. Not everyone can do monk mode. Actually, everyone can do it, but not everyone will do it. And there's just some people that they've just been so acclimated to Distraction and depth-destroying activities, as Cal Newport calls them in his book, Deep Work, which you should check out if you haven't, by the way. These activities, and they just aren't able to create a baseline of concentration and a focus and just of using it to achieve something higher and something greater rather than just clicking around on the internet. And to align with that point, I guess I'll say how I came across monk mode, and this probably provides more context. So in 2011, when I first got started in self-improvement, I was nearing the end of my sophomore year in college, and I was pretty much at a point in my life where I realized that The last two years had did a beating to me mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and I was just breaking down at the seams, and I realized that I needed to pretty much reorient myself, and I ran into self-development, self-improvement, and back in 2011, there was... Obviously, the internet existed, but there wasn't a lot of resources like there are now, eight years later, to assist you in self-development and self-improvement. Granted, there were a whole bunch of books out. There were a whole bunch of other resources, but just for something for somebody to get their hands around and wrap their hands around very quickly, there wasn't too much of that. And it was sort of, uh, you have to... You had to go in some random bookstore or, sur- or happen upon something serendipitously and then 
you sort of branch off from there. And it may also uh, help that if you have people around you who are into self-development, which I didn't, so I sort of had to piecemeal this myself and pretty much go on my own and find out my own resources. So the first year in 2011 was very hard, but immediately I understood that I pretty much had to get away from a lot of the influences that were dragging me down. And obviously, uh, no man is subject to just influences unless he lets himself, but, you know, influences can exert an undue influence on you and make it so that your decision-making is a lot easier in paths of least resistance. So I had to get away from a lot of those paths of least resistance. And my first inclination to do that is, okay, I had to move physically off campus in order to do that. So I ended up moving off campus. And in that move off campus, I ended up isolating myself relatively for a period of months. And it was just me and, you know, I obviously went to school and I had some contact with the people I knew and all of that. But a lot of it was a lot of alone time, which is which was pretty hard for me because I'm naturally an extroverted person. But there was a lot of alone time and there was a lot of thinking and it was a lot of introspection and seeing who I was and seeing what I wanted out of life. So that really helped. And that was my first real experience with quote unquote monk mode. And I started doing variations on it. I started adding things here and there. And I just started progressing and getting more and more alone. And I started to get deeper and deeper into my psyche. And the results were just incredible. And it was amazing. And then a couple years later, I was just randomly browsing Reddit. I don't normally go on Reddit that much. But I was browsing Reddit on the Get Disciplined section of the website. And I saw that there was this thread talking about this thing called monk mode. And I was like, you know, what the hell is that? And I clicked on it and it was pretty much describing a lot of the things I did back in 2011 to get myself off of the map. And a lot of these things were also things I did before I had like a smartphone or before there was all this social media and interconnectivity back when I was in high school or Late middle school, I used to just disappear off the map for days at a time. Like, people wouldn't even know where I was. But back then, it was a lot easier to do that because you're easier to get hold of. and Or harder to get hold of, sorry. And now, it's you're just easier to get a hold of. And I was especially easy to get hold of because I was definitely a slave to my phone, relatively. Definitely not as bad as some others, but there was it was definitely a problem uh, at that time. And I saw how it was impacting me, so I made sure to detox from it. And I did that through monk mode. And I'll explain what that is in just a couple minutes. So, um, again, I was going on this Get Disciplined subreddit, and I was looking at this thread talking about monk mode, and people were just talking about experiences with it and what it did for them. And then I start to realize why it was so essential you know, in our society today, there's a lot of people who are greater or lesser versions of what I experienced back in 2011. You know, they don't know who they are. They're disconnected from other people, from themselves. They are just 
going with the tides. They don't have any clarity on what they want in life. They don't have any clarity on their goals. They're distracted, they're disoriented, and they're just addicted to instant gratification and short-term stimulation, which offers no real long-term fulfillment and achievement. And for a lot of people, if you want to achieve something, you cannot be addicted to these things. And obviously rates of social media addiction, internet addiction, just digital addiction in general, and just addiction to things that offer no short-term or no long-term rewards, and they offer many rewards in the short term, these things have all skyrocketed along with a lot of mental health issues. So this is why monk mode is needed now more than ever. And as I said, back in 2011, there wasn't all this information. Um, back in 2011, people weren't raising the alarm bells about social media. There were, there were some, people were talking some things about social media and some things about the internet, but it wasn't as much as it is now. Because now, uh, if I had a kid, uh, I would not give them a smartphone until they were like 18 years old. Because, I mean, the kids nowadays are just addicted to these things and they won't even peel themselves off. They won't even interact with people in real life. And they're, they have, uh, quote unquote, social anxiety because they've been interacting with the phone for most of their formative years. And you know, stuff like that is not good. And we were not made for this. And we were not made for this uh, type of stimulation, just short-term stimulation that is in a lot of digital media. So monk mode is essential or some variation of monk mode. And I said before, a lot of people will not do it because they're too distracted by these things. They're too addicted to these things. And I myself, I wasn't even that bad. I had a lesser form of, uh, I would say, addiction to these things, but it was still there. And I think when I was examining this, this addiction was on a spectrum. And, you know, there's some people who have lesser forms of it and some people who are very, very addicted that they need to go to like a clinic. There's actually clinics for digital addiction and things like this. And a lot of my contemporaries, uh, a lot of them were worse off than me because uh, for various reasons. And you know, a lot of that just wasn't talked about. So you're pretty much, again, sink or swim. You had to figure it out on your own. And eventually, when I was graduating from college, I came across two books, which were very insightful for me to learn about what digital addiction does to the brain. Uh, there were Rewire by Richard O'Connor and The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains by Nicholas Carr, or I think his name is Nicholas Carr. So I read those books and it was very eye-opening to me and I just realized that, you know, I just can't uh, be a slave to these things. I have to make these things, uh, I have to be the master of these things or those, they were master me and I had to master my psychology and I did that a lot in my period of monk mode. So <clears throat> um, pretty much I'll describe what the, I guess, the whole concept of it is and what the definition of it is. And the best definition that I have found was on the site illimitablemen.com. And there was a post just dedicated to monk mode. I'll put a link in the description of this audio recording. And the description is as follows. 
Monk Mode is a self-improvement framework for improving your worth and in turn increasing the quality of person you are. Many people fail to integrate self-improving habits into their life because they have psychological hurdles they struggle to overcome and are easily distracted by nonsense that confers them no benefit. Monk Mode is about mitigating distraction and focusing solely on self-betterment by filling up your time with activities that improve you as a human being. Naturally, such an endeavor is going to demand sacrifice. However, the rewards you reap, the sense of direction you gain, and the power you feel from the self-control you'll exercise will feed your growth immeasurably, in turn passively increasing your self-esteem and outward confidence. The sacrifice, you're going to be minimizing your time contribution to social obligations and junk activities. The reason for this is because these activities consume much of your time whilst yielding little to negligible increase towards your social market value. Monk mode is a serious commitment that is not to be half-assed. You're either doing it or you're not. It will be a struggle in the beginning, but once you're fully engaged, it becomes a beneficial, productive, and dare I say, even addictive lifestyle. When I talk about junk activities, this is the type of thing I'm referring to. Going out for coffee or sitting around idly. Playing video games. Watching marathons of TV series and movies. Watching porn. Constantly refreshing social media and internet forms. Being out of action with a hangover slash come down from alcohol or drug consumption. All of these activities are distractive or masturbatory. They confer no benefit in the long run, but are fleetingly pleasing in the short term. Entertainment is necessary to cool off from periods of hard work, but leading a life of continuous instant gratification leads to nowhere but a path of regret and failure. And that description pretty much sums it up. Uh, Monk mode is pretty much just about cutting off all of this short-term dopamine-driven uh, stimulation that uh, does not offer any type of long-term benefit, as I said before. And anything that looks like sugar, tastes like sugar, should be eschewed for the most part. And that is a majority of the modern of the things in our modern world. So, um, what this does, what this is pretty much intended to do, is pretty much sharpen your productivity and aim it at a fine point because it creates focus and when you don't have any social media you can go to when you don't have any um internet to click on don't have any tv to watch no netflix to browse no phone to go on your mind starts to turn inward uh, for some people this could be hell and for others it can be better because you're looking at your bookshelf you see a whole bunch of books that you haven't read that stack of books that you haven't read you start reading those um, the money-making opportunities that you haven't executed on you start executing on executing them the friends you haven't made um, actually in monk mode you're really not supposed to be that social but uh, there's a lesser version of monk mode that you can go out and just make friends and just be social. But the main uh, the main point of monk mode is just to limit all of this distraction and all of this dopamine-driven stimulation that confers no value to your life and put you out in the real world with real activities. So you can think back like 100 years ago, 200 years ago, there was no internet, there was no phone, uh, if most people were to be transported back then, they would probably just jump off a bridge um, because they could not handle the 
amount of inherent boredom, I guess. It's not even really boredom. It's just periods of relative silence that the world had to offer because people are just too stimulated nowadays. I mean, like, I remember when I was in college, when I was a freshman in college, when I first entered my art teacher, she was really into meditation. And in this class, this was a special meditation session that we had. And we went to a room and we started to meditate. And after like five, 10 minutes, people started dropping out. And there was this one chick, she couldn't even, she said she couldn't handle it anymore. And then I hadn't really been meditating too much at that time. But then I stayed there for about like half an hour, 35 minutes. And me and this other person were like the only person left. And it was crazy because out of like 15 of us, um, you know, only two of us remained. And, you know, I get it. Not everyone wants to just sit in a room and just, you know, close their eyes and breathe and just be alone with their thoughts. And, you know, that's no shame against them. But it does say something where, you know, you can't go without some sort of stimulation for even just a short amount of time. And that's, for a lot of people, that's going to be the flaw in their armor because they're not able to be patient and they're not able to endure boredom, which, which you're going to need to have in order to achieve the things you want in life. And that's why a lot of people don't pursue self-improvement or don't pursue or don't stay on a track of self-improvement because it can end up being boring at parts and it's not just exciting as day one. So... <clears throat> In monk mode, in a lower level version of monk mode, obviously there are spectrums to this you can take as well. What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to fill your time with? Well, anything that's productive, anything that's supposed to improve your status as a human being, reading, going for a run, swimming, going out in nature, exercising, lifting weights, um, working on projects, like I said, anything that just improves you as a human being. And it's just meant to make you as productive as possible by just cutting away a lot of the stimulation. And for, I would say, the first week of doing this, a lot of people are going to feel a lot of tension and they're going to just want to find some way of escape and they're just going to want to click on the internet and browse on the internet. And the way to prevent something like that is to get internet blockers. There are several good ones online. And just block out your internet for, I would say, most of the day. Or block out certain sites like Facebook, Twitter, all social media feeds. And you're going to want to focus on using on using the internet for only productive purposes like research. And not just researching like saying, oh, I'm going to go read an article on Inc. Magazine and you fall into the rabbit hole of just reading, 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 reading for three hours a day and you don't do anything, but actually intelligent re intelligently researching and finding out pieces of information that you can use to better your life in the short term. And that's <clears throat> what is going to be good in the short term because you're able to use short-term application and sort of short-term gratification. So... Um, once I found out about Monk Mode, I realized that I was doing a lower level of this. And this was because I had adopted some habits from the extended version of Monk Mode that I instituted in 2011. And I realized that it was good for me. And then obviously I'm not perfect. I slipped in and out of this. 
more or less. Uh, I had periods of time where I was just uh, idly browsing the internet and just going on Facebook when I had a Facebook account and just doing nothing with my life. And <clears throat> now my practices are more solid because if I have gaps of time in between, I'm just able to deal with it more because obviously I have a consistent practice of meditation and I'm just able to experience the silence between the sounds. So if you want to get started on monk mode, this productivity tool, my best advice would be to ramp it up slowly. Obviously, for some people, if you just go cold turkey on a lot of things, they're not going to be able to handle it. So uh, I would say use the minimum effective dose. Like what is the minimum you can do to get the maximum on return? And for a lot of people, this can just be spending less time on social media and less time on these websites that harvest your attention and they harvest your data and they and they don't really create anything productive for you. So take your attention off of these websites instead of spending two hours a day because that's the average time someone spends on social media, like two hours a day. That, like If you add that up, that's 14 days a week. And if you add that up, that's, um, what is that, like uh, 56 hours a month. And then you times that by like 12 months, that's over 500 hours, like 500 hours. What could you have been spending that on if you took that two hours a day? And some people spend even more. Some people spend like three, four hours a day on social media. Like, are you kidding me? There's so much more in the world to do than just spend it looking at other people's lives. So that was the, that's the first thing I would recommend. Like, you don't have to get rid of social media, but just re reduce your time on it and don't spend as much time on there. And then the second thing I would recommend is to get a internet blocker, like I just mentioned, and to block out certain websites. Uh, definitely block out some websites where you know, you're tempted to go on and especially at odd hours of night where you feel your willpower slipping and you're not going to be able to really resist it. So, um, so yeah, get an internet blocker for, for that. And then <clears throat> third is just to develop a lot of contemplative practices. Like I would start journaling and start writing down what I want out of life and what I want in the next week, the next month, the next year. So pretty much creating a list of short-term goals and finding how you can accomplish that and keep asking yourself questions like how and what do I need to accomplish this and why would this be beneficial to me and why would this be something that is uppermost in my mind. And then also in asking yourself questions, you can start asking yourself, why do I feel so drawn to having short-term dopamine fixes in the form of stimulating video games, sugar, TV, phone, whatever. And you may start to see that you have some deeper problems, deeper issues that you may need to help 
that that you may need help fixing and then that point a therapist would be very helpful because there's only so much you can do on your own so you may find that out and just in general it's just a process of uncovering the other sides of you because obviously our conscious mind is only 10% of our waking life but the other part of it is 90% subconscious and you need to get in part and you need to get in touch with that subconscious self and the best way to do that is through like I said, meditation, maybe prayer, and journaling. So uh, those three combined, or one of those three, can definitely be very helpful to you. And then fourth, I would say write down a objective. Why are you doing monk mode? Why, 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 why is this going to be beneficial to you? If you have a list of books that you've always wanted to read, but you haven't had the chance, then maybe you might want to look into doing this. If you feel like a slave to a lot of these lower pleasures, a lot of these lower emotions, like you're getting tugged around like a dog on a leash, then that can also be a compelling reason because nobody wants to feel as if they're being controlled by something. So you need to take that feeling and you need to internalize that feeling and you need to bottle it up and you need to never let go of it because... That feeling will help you pass the early stages when you feel compelled to go back to your old ways. And why this is such a painful process is not only because it's a habitual rhythm, but because neurologically you have created grooves in your brain through synaptic connections that are obviously habits. And changing a habit is very hard because your brain wants to take the path of least resistance because your brain does not want to use up energy to create new synaptic connections. But you're going to have to flex your willpower and do as much as you can to make sure you stay concentrated and make sure you're staying on task and make sure that you have some reason and make sure that's forefront in your mind and make sure that's what you're fighting for because if you have a coherent reason your brain is going to follow suit and achieve that and in doing monk mode obviously like i said there's a spectrum you can be very extreme with it you can get as monk like as you can in society which is wearing plain clothes eating plain food meditating for long periods of time not using any internet and just just living, just existing, uh, that's very rare and that's a minority of persons. If you want to do that, go ahead. And um, I think you'll be better off when you decide to reintegrate into uh, society. And not everyone can do that because some people have, a lot of people have jobs or school or whatever else they need to go to. But just because you're in society does not mean you have to follow a lot of what people in society do in terms of being distracted, being stressed, and feeling as if you don't have any control. So definitely be in the crowd, but be above it as well simultaneously. So that's my advice on that front. And to wrap up, I would say... That monk mode is not to be seen as a challenge. It's supposed to be seen as a lifestyle shift. Obviously, I don't think it's something that you can really sustain for a long time. 
Uh, there are periods where you're going to feel as if you're tempted or you slip or whatever, but the practice is the practice of monk mode is just to eliminate a lot of uh, distracting information, a lot of distracting things. So my stint of monk mode, what that has done for me permanently, like I said, I've downshifted into a perpetual lower level monk mode, is that I no longer just browse the internet uh, consciously, unconsciously, sorry. Um, I never, I no longer just use social media. Social media to me is a, is an annoyance to be honest. And because I have ambition, I have a, I have places to go. I have things to do and social media does not help me do those things. And I would say in general, it's just make me a more focused individual and a more clear individual because I'm able to concentrate on what things are important to me. And I've noticed a lot of my peers just don't have that clarity because they're being focused on the wrong things. And when you're focusing on somebody else, somebody else's life, you're not able to attain and you're not able to cultivate your own life. So if you're a gardener and you're looking at someone else's garden, while your garden is growing weeds and it's being underwatered, you're not going to have a good garden. But if you concentrate and put all your attention on your garden, your garden is going to become very bright and it's going to have a lot of different flora and maybe fauna as well. So that's all I have to say in regards to monk mode. I want to keep this relatively short and I hope you're able to use this mindset and mental heuristic to achieve things in your life and try it out. You don't have to commit 100% to it because if you feel you commit 100%, then you fail, you'll feel like a failure. Or at the same time, you could commit 100% because for some people, it's either all in or all out. So if you are one of those people, I would encourage you to go all in. And monk mode will also help you discover if you're one of those people because monk mode is an inherently introspective endeavor and you'll learn more about yourself and who you are in that time than you would otherwise. So again, I hope you have a great day and a great week and I hope you're able to use this information to help you ascend to new heights. All right, take care guys. Peace.